Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM and 1450 AM. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver coming at you as we do every morning, every Sunday morning to recap the week that was in the world of sports. How are you this morning, Steve? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Let's do it. Plenty to talk about this morning as obviously the 143rd run for the roses was yesterday. We know we'll have our man Brian the insider calling in to give us his update. He actually had a lot of a lot of FaceTime on some not only 961 and the, the local radio station circuit but on uh, television alongside Kimberly Greenwell and Mike Gandolfo. They did a great job of previewing the race yesterday. What what was your Saturday, like, how did you enjoy the Kentucky Derby, Steve? I know we got to address the elephant in the room, the What's Kentucky that? Derby. I I didn't go. Okay. Neither did I. I um, stayed home, watched it at my house. I didn't have a party. I didn't go to a party. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> As you know, I've been getting older. Pregnant wife, the whole nine yards. Yeah. So I'm I'm just settling down, man. I really don't. You know, but you did you? I really don't party much, but you know, once a week. Did you choose a horse ahead of time? Uh, I drew one at work. It was a battle of Midway, which finished third, and I won nothing. (laughs) So kind of disappointed there. In my work, I I drew State of Honor. I'm sorry, not State of Honor. I I actually put five dollars on State of Honor to win because he was at the time the longest shot, and he was winning right at the very beginning. And I knew it wasn't going to last. He came in second to 19th place. Yeah. State of Honor did. So, obviously, the winner, Todd Pletcher Horse, always dreaming yesterday. Catchy name. Catchy name. I think it is. I, I said immediately that that's a name that I can see on the back of a derby glass. I thought Classic Empire sounded like a winning name. That does. That does. But you know what sucks is this is now the... Fifth year in a row, the betting line favorite won the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that kind of sucks. That does suck, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm, it's always so tempting to choose a horse that's a little bit of a long shot and try to pick, especially in a field of 20, you feel like if you could pick a random horse, they might win. It's not looking like that's the case anymore. Yeah. They should have the odds you know, set up a week before. And and the five lowest horses, you know, with the worst odds, should be able to juice for a week before the race. Use some steroids? Yeah. Okay Maybe see that. if they can cover some ground before the race starts. I'm all right with that. They test those horses for a lot of stuff. It's wild. The whole industry of horse racing is very intriguing. Obviously, we live here in Louisville, but it's absolutely amazing to me the the that horse racing – is, I guess, thriving, coming off the heels of a Triple Crown winner last year. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it's absolutely thriving, and it's such a niche sport. We're a sports show, and this is a sport that stands alone from all the other sports in my eyes. Yeah, and the Derby is, I think the Derby is going to be popular every year, whether horse racing is thriving or not. See, I'm not in the horse business so I can tell you if it's thriving right now but it's you know it's cool that it's in our city I think yeah I mean that's part of the identity you see 
clips of uh, Tom Brady everywhere. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, this is the, the place to be for this weekend of the year. Absolutely amazing. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline. It's 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. We have our man Brian the Insiders on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. Just kind of wake up and realize where I've been. It's been a long week in uh, Derby City, and I'm just trying to make sure I got my bearings with me this morning. How how was the Derby weekend for you? Did if you had to rate it, obviously it was a sloppy track and it was uh, messy. That didn't slow people down. I think there was was it a record in attendance this year? No, 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 no. But it's amazing what attendance there was. Uh, 158,000 was the attendance for the uh, Derby, which is 170. Uh, so, but still 158, and they remarkably got 105,000 for the Oaks. And the Oaks, uh, I was out doing radio work with uh, your great station there all week with Mike and Dolfo and had a blast. But man, it was there some mornings, and uh, um, we finally woke up and ended up in the media center yesterday for our morning show because friday was friday well it was the coldest oaks since like 1943 or so so uh it was brutal friday now how did you how did you do with the races i know you probably placed placed a few wagers i placed wagers on almost every race the whole week so uh i didn't do great this wasn't my great derby week i uh i liked always dreaming i didn't think he was gonna uh run back to that Florida Derby effort. I did say all week that if he did run, that was the fastest prep race. And if he ran back to that, that it was lights out. And he ran back to that and it was lights out. Very, very impressive performance by Always Dreaming. And now the talk turns right to, you know, Preakness and the second jewel. And But I'm telling you, um, this horse might be something special. We may, you know, back in the 70s, Triple crowns came, you know, in bunches, and, uh, you know, I know it's way early to start talking triple crown, but uh, I was very impressed with how that Florida Derby winner won the Kentucky Derby yesterday. Yeah, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. The Preakness, obviously the second leg of the triple crown, is famous for being a opportunity for the Derby winner to almost have a, 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 a relatively pretty easy shot at winning the first two legs because many of the contenders in the Derby each and every year, they then drop out if they don't win and they rest up for the Belmont. So is it almost a shoe in that always dreaming and Todd Pletcher will win the Preakness, at least the second leg? It's not a shoe in, but you're correct, Kelly. It's, uh, the, the, it's remarkable the success that Derby winners have had in the Preakness. Um, so yeah, this by far and away is the easiest of this, uh, well, you got to win the Derby, which is not easy at all. So you win the, a lot of great horses, you know, didn't win the Derby. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I like his chances in the Preakness. It's a little shorter of a race. It's a mile of 316 as opposed to a mile and a quarter. And then you're right. And then some of the horses uh, kind of load up and wait on the, uh, the Belmont. And that's by far and away the uh, toughest of the three. Okay, if there's if there's any horse, do you think Classic Empire, for example, 
will will run in the Preakness, or is there any word on anything like that? When will we find out who's running in the Preakness? It'll start coming out soon. Uh, you know, they, they're going to have to wait and see, you know, how their horses came out. But, oh, I definitely think, you know, you, you can put a line. If you're a trainer or Classic Empire or, or Gunavera or, or McCracken or some of these very good horses that a lot of people like, it's very easy to draw a line through that race because of the mud. I mean, none of them had really had any experience in the mud. 20-horse field, uh, you know, uh, the buzz, a, a buzz horse, the winner of the UAE Derby, the, the, the uh, Thunder Snow, a lot of people got on him late. Did you see what happened to him? I mean, he, he didn't hardly, he didn't run a lick. I mean, 100 yards out of the gate, he was done. Yeah, word has it that, he, that he's going to be okay, I believe, right? I think so. I haven't heard what happened to him or what, why they, he was pulled up, but I cannot recall a horse being pulled up so quickly. Uh, and it's a shame. I mean, they shipped that horse, Irish bred horse. They shipped him. He had to go through quarantine at Churchill Downs. I saw him a couple times on the track. Beautiful horse. I, you know, coincidentally, I did see him doing the same thing he did there, where he's kind of like bucking the rider. When he broke quarantine and got out on quarantine, I saw him immediately get on the track. I was right there, and he did the same thing. So I don't know. I thought he was just glad to be out of quarantine, kind of like if he had to spend the weekend. Like some of these, I read where there was eight arrests. So some of those guys coming out of the drunk take, probably, you know, uh, jumping up and down, glad to be out Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, but uh, I thought he was just happy to be out. But uh, it was strange. He did the same thing after the gates opened at Churchill. But you can throw a line, draw a line through that for a lot of them. Yeah, so I expect I expect a big Preakness field. There were horses that Royal Mo 21 on the list that didn't get in with Gary Stevens. He told us we interviewed Gary. He said that he was definitely going to go to the Preakness. So I expect a full field over in Baltimore in a couple weeks. And uh, But man, oh, man, always dreaming. Uh, I was glad to see. We interviewed Pletcher, very nice guy. I was really glad to see Todd Pletcher, a class act in the game, to get his second. You know, he's, he, he tied D. Wayne Lucas this week for having the most derby starters ever, uh, 40-something, I think. And he tied his former mentor, D. Wayne Lucas, and he, we asked him about it, and he said, hey, look, it doesn't matter how many you started. D. Wayne's got four wins. I got one. Well, now he's got two, and congratulations to the, the Pletcher Barn. Brian, uh, before we let you go, you got anything else for us? Maybe anything on the NBA playoffs? Fill me in, guys. I tell you, I've been in a, a derby fog, uh, and I had a few. I won't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I had a couple Frosties and a couple Juleps over the last few days, so um, – I'm really out of the loop on everything else. I can't wait. I saw there's three games today, which I love. Uh, so, uh, and it looks like I did follow. It looks like the Cavs probably going to pull the brooms out in Toronto today. Yeah, Steve, go ahead and give your summary of, of is LeBron playing well thus far in the yeah, playoffs? He is, is he yeah. is he the story of the playoffs so far? Uh, I don't know about that. There's because some, it, it appears that he is playing in a abs- – I mean, his last game – You have the other yeah. two series, Spurs, Rockets, and Wizards, Celtics, that are interesting. Tony Parker's out for the playoffs. And the other two are just sweeps. Yeah. Getting ready to happen, yep. Are the Spurs done so both with – the Cavs – I'm sorry. I was just going to say, are the Spurs done with no Tony Parker? They're up 2-1, so I'd, they won last game. I mean, for, are they done for their chances of getting to the finals or maybe no, winning No, I don't it? think he was the – Deciding factor. So Patty Mills or one of those young guys is going to step up and fill the Hall of Famer shoes? Yeah, why not? Okay. 
Yeah, so what best I can tell, uh, both the Cavs and the uh, Warriors haven't lost any games, have they? No, they have not. Wow, so it, we're heading for a finals rematch. and uh, uh, But, yeah, I have seen LeBron, and he's, he really turned it on. It's amazing how they can just uh, kind of coast in and uh, play basically 500 ball the last six weeks of the year and then just turn it on. Very impressive. Before we let you go. Hey, have you guys talked about the big announcement with uh, Donovan Mitchell? Uh, we have not gotten to that yet, but that is huge. Not only is Jalen Johnson going to play professionally wherever he's going, but Donovan Mitchell is leaving his name in the draft. There's obviously also big recruiting news for the University of Kentucky. Brian, I don't know if you saw that. but Yes, I did. Just another five-star. I tell you what, it's unbelievable. You know, Cal, there must be... I mean, God, there's only five guys you can play, and uh, but that's remarkable what's going on in Kentucky to get another five-star. I never even heard – I didn't even know they were in on this kid. But, uh, hey, you know, I saw a little buzz, and I think it's probably just BS, uh, that Jalen has been tweeting that he may come back to Louisville. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have seen some of that. There's been some local sports media who are on top of that, and, and it sounds like for the most part he's probably still going to keep his name in the draft. But, I mean, you got to think that it, it has to look at least like a, a somewhat better decision for him to stick around with Donovan Mitchell being gone. I mean, he would be one of the upperclassmen leaders definitively now that Donovan Mitchell's gone. Am I right, Brian? Oh, I, I, I don't understand where he's going with that. I think he could have really had a great senior year if he'd have hung out there. And uh, Now, I don't know if Patino wants him back. Hey, did you guys see Patino in the winner's circle yesterday? I didn't. Was he? Why was he in the winner's circle? The, the guys that own Always Dreaming are, are, I think the actual name of the barn is called the Brooklyn Boys, and they're good friends of Patino's. And right. one of the, the principal owner was actually uh, on the bench uh, on Louisville's bench. And so Patino and his family were in the in a winner's circle. Uh, I got real close with Gunavera's connections this week, and I was really high on him. And uh, they had promised us, Mike Gandolfo and I. Uh, and Kimberly Greenwell, that if, if they went one, they take us in the winner's circle. But uh, I think Gunavera is still running, so uh, that, that got dashed right away. Well, he came in seventh, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't got my uh, career journal. But, uh, yeah, it was just too much for him to ask. But what about looking, looking at Lee and uh, Battle of Midway? I mean, those two long shots really helped fill 50-cent try, which is a, a bet I play a lot. Paid like $4,100, and that's with the favorite winning. And you just double that. A $1 try was, that's yeah. the, the big bet, was 8000 8, something. Yeah, so a $2 try was what, 16 So Yeah, yeah it's, uh, or 17 So uh, a big payoff because the second and third placed horses uh, were big, huge long. Battle of Midway, man, nobody even mentioned his name. When I heard that he had won, I thought, you know, I, I kind of forgot he was even in the race. So it's just such a tough race. There's so many good horses, and you're so – and then you throw in mud and 158,000 screaming drunks at you. Uh, it's, a, it's a very challenging thing. But I look for a lot of those quality horses to come back in two weeks in the Preakness. Okay. Well, Brian, we appreciate your insight into the world of horse racing and specifically the 143rd run for the Roses. Thank you very much, Brian. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hey, I wanted to thank Dugan Ryan and the station for having us out. We were on the radio. Uh, EJ and, and Mike last night did a great job. I listened to him after the race. So uh, had a lot of fun with 1450. Continued success, guys. I love your show.
Great stuff there. Thank you, Brian. Also, a big shout-out and thank you to our man Matt McCarthy and LiveSportsCaster.com for allowing us to be on the air and helping us, along with Dugan Ryan and the, the station here. Uh, great work everybody does behind the scenes for such a polished product here every Sunday morning. Right, Steve? Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks to you, too, Steve. No, we t- touched on a lot there with Brian's call. Yeah. How many – what's Pletcher? Two for 40 what? I think it's 47. I think if I had 47 tries, I can win more than two races. You think you could win the Derby more than twice? I'm not saying I'd win it 40 sometimes, but I definitely think I could win it three times. <laughs> Dwayne Lucas, who was the, the long was the mentor for Pletcher, he's tied with Pletcher for most appearances, and he's won four. Yeah. So you, how many do you think out of 47 you could win? At least three. At least three. Yep. Definitely one more than Pletcher, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You don't think I can? What are you, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say I, I doubt you would be a very good horse trainer. Even if you devoted your life to it. I just don't get the feeling that, that you could do it. What are you talking about, man? I'm in the derby, so that means I have a good horse, right? Yeah, okay. So it, for the sake of this... Situation, sure. We're saying that you're in the Derby 47 times. Yep. I'm one in three. Three. I think I could. Okay. What do you? What were you going to say? You think you could what? I mean, out of 47. You think you could win four? No, I think I could win like five or six. See, first you're getting on me for thinking I can win I, more. Now that I'm thinking about pleasure. those numbers. Now you think you can win more A lot more of times it's a 20 horse field, so it would be difficult. But, I mean, it's... uh. It's interesting, and it's who would be your jockey? Oh, definitely, Calvin Burrell. Have you ever heard him interviewed? I just get like my nephew or something. <laughs> Somebody who weighed one hundred nineteen. Yeah, he, weigh, he weighs fifty five pounds. I don't know if that would work. They have to stay on there. Yeah, I don't, he, I don't think it looks. I've too seen difficult. your nephew, and he would not be able to hold on. All right, fair enough. You want me to drop his name? <laughs> Probably not. So the, the Kentucky Derby is behind us. Obviously, the, all the eyes go on. Now will we see a repeat of the Triple Crown? In, 19, in the 1970s, there were three Triple Crown winners. And what we're looking for now is, are we entering into another golden era of horse racing with respects to the Triple Crown? Obviously, there's a lot outside of just the Kentucky Derby. But we're here in Louisville. I mean, that's what, what matters to us the most is especially with the new implementation of the Derby point system. It's a very streamlined process. Everything goes through the Kentucky Derby. That first Saturday in May is the Super Bowl, obviously. That'll probably never change in the sport. You see horse racing sticking around forever. Don't you think the PETA people and things like, I mean, if you're watching a sloppy track like this, and 20 horses who've never <laughs> ran in a race with that many horses before are running, on this slide, I mean, thank goodness there wasn't a big injury. To I know. One of the ho- right? As soon as I saw that first horse pull up, I was yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah, it seems like there's going to. They're going to have to bring a 10 out and. Kill it? Yeah, strangle it or something. <laughs> oh, my God. They wouldn't strangle it. How do you know what they do? They say that they euthanize it, but I don't know. That, te- that ten- it- a tense up. How am I supposed to know? I tweeted out I I had some ideas for the Derby to make it more exciting. One of them is this. We start a crime times 
review at the end of Derby Week each year because there's so many drunks in our city. I mean, I saw out at a restaurant yesterday, I just saw just the most... You know, everybody knows the drill. You Brian get, said there's only eight arrests, though. I was kind of... Yeah, there's that seems a, pretty low. 158,000 people getting smashed drunk, doing God knows how much cocaine and other drugs also. Let's be honest. Yeah. It was happening, right? Yeah. But at the end of the week, I want us to review the crime times and look for the most, let's say, spectacular arrest stories. We then vote. We find the t- maybe top 10. And then we vote. We have everybody get onto an online poll and we vote for who has the most spectacular arrest story. And we crown an MVP, probably someone who's still in the pokey. These are, these are people's lives we're talking about here, Kelly. I don't know how well this is going to go over. What? You're, you're above making light of somebody's shortcomings? Yes. You are? Oh, and I I'm wouldn't, sorry, I wouldn't Steve. call it shortcomings. I would just, no, you're right. It's not shortcomings. This, this is something they chose to do. So at the end of each year, we crown an MVP for that and derby this, year. This is your idea to make the derby more exciting? Well, yeah. Or is this just an idea to make your life more exciting? More, my life more exciting? I think it could enrich the lives of many others, too. So going forward, we have a Kentucky Derby glass that we put someone's name on each year. So every single year we have somebody's name on there who made a complete ass of themselves at the Derby. What's wrong with that, Steve? You think we'd run into legal trouble? I just don't know how much this, you know, how much better this makes the Derby, the actual race. How about before the race starts, um, each jockey reaches into a bag and grabs a random weapon? Weapon. <laughs> Is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> yes. I was right along there. So with... maybe not a whip. Maybe one of them has like a crowbar. Oh my God! You can't hit a I'm, horse. I'm, with a... No, I'm not saying hit a horse. This is like this is just for the other jockeys. Jockey on okay. jockey crime. So you can knock the jockeys <laughs> off. Yes, those guys absolutely. are ruthless, tough. Little and then guys. maybe somebody reaches in and you know they got screwed. They have a hula hoop or something. Our man Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, who will actually be having, God willing, the Cincinnati Reds are in first place today. <laughs> Probably maybe next week or the week after, we'll have our man Mo Egger join us as he does each and every year. But I tweeted out my idea to make the Derby more exciting each and every year. His idea, Mo Egger, one of the top guys who covers the Cincinnati Reds and Bengals. Yeah. Each year, you have a different animal line up and race the horses. So you have 20 horses and you add like a cheetah. And then that cheetah attacks a horse. <laughs> He didn't specifically say a cheetah, but I mean, you use your imagination. Which which animals would be good candidates to run on that type of surface and compete with the horses? Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. I'd love to hear your nominee for how we could make the Derby more exciting. Mine was the Derby MVP. Most valuable. It should be most valuable drunk. MVD. Most valuable drunk. Each and every year, we have a derby glass. No, I'm not feeling it, man. You're, because it's Maybe exploiting the, people who, who, who made asses out of themselves? How about each fan gets a couple tomatoes? And during the race, you're allowed to throw the tomatoes at the, at the contestants racing in the derby. I think that... I don't know why we're going to you for all these ideas. I'm full of ideas over here. I, you know, I got 10 more just waiting. 
Okay. Well, once again, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're actually going to head to the Buzz Line now. We have caller David is on the line with us, has some feedback on the Kentucky Derby. Okay. How are you, David? Hey, great. Uh, I want to give you guys a shout-out. Dig and Ryan's the best. Um, I uh, saw your booth on the backside. You guys, I love your station. You're locally owned. Um, that's huge. Um and but you know you're talking about horse racing and first of all about the Derby. Todd Fletcher is a class act. You know what people don't. When I saw the the that that horse was only three fifths of a second off of Arrogate's record time in the in his Florida Derby or at Gulfstream Park, I was like, man, that's pretty strong. You know, Arrogate's the greatest horse in the world right now. Yeah, no, 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 no denying that is the people who watched Always Dreaming Romp in the Florida Derby were sold on him for the most part. So you're right there, Absolutely. David. Is Always Dreaming appears to be a great horse. Absolutely, but Eric gets set the track record at that same distance, and 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 Fletcher's horse, the Derby winner, was was only three fifths of a second off that. Now think about that. But anyway, you were talking about what to make our sport more interesting. The number one problem we have in our sport is false public perception. Okay, if you knew what all is, you know, goes into to the preparation and, and and how much we love these animals, we love our horses, or we wouldn't get up seven days a week at five o'clock in the morning. You know, you guys come out there on the backside, okay? And it's a lot of fun. Everybody's jovial. It's, you know, the atmosphere is great. Well, guess what? This morning, everybody's in bed. We're back out there at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, taking care of our horses. It's our life. It's a life. It's a way of life, basically. And, and it's, there's so much, so many nuances. And, and, you know, I hear people say it's a niche sport and everything. But these horses are athletes. They're individuals. These jockeys are athletes. They're individuals. Uh, they fit different horses better. That's why you see different jockeys. You know, jockeys like they might ride a different horse better or something. And, um, but I just want to let everybody out there know it's listening that that's worried about as far as, pe- you know, pe- PETA or any of that. Our lives are devoted to taking care of our animals. That we put them first. Okay, wow. Thank you very much. Apparently... David is a, a horse person, right? Right. You, you work with horses, it sounds like, seven days a week, and you wake up very early. And the health, yes, the, the health and the safety of those horses is first and foremost to you. Oh, absolutely. They come first. Wow. And it's a, you know, it's a way of life. You know, you know, I grew up with horses. And they got fed before we do it. You know, when I got up in the morning, I wasn't fed. Ordered, paid, then I came in and got ready for school. It was just part of it. But I love, we love it, love what I do. And hey, I love your station. Keep going. I'm going to hang up and listen to you guys. Uh, You have a good day. Thank you. Great stuff there from caller David. We appreciate the input there. Yeah. No, I, 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 I believe the people who work with horses. They care about those animals. Oh, yeah. And the last thing they want to see is those and animals. And it's like a 24-7 job. We kind of got off on, we were joking, you know. Screwing uh, around We're stupid. Bit. Yeah. Obviously, the stuff we were saying, 
you know, wasn't meant to diminish the jobs of horse trainers and jockeys. You know, my idea of people in the stands each have one tomato to throw at the people racing the race, you know, definitely not a legit idea. No. But it, it is very intriguing to me. Nonetheless, we're sports fans. I don't claim to be a horse racing expert. It is intriguing to me that for one day, each and every year, at the very least, yep. the collective eyes of the sporting universe come to Louisville, Kentucky, and they have for 143 years. And there's just something special about that. I mean, that you don't see many sports that do that. They, they captivate nope. the, the sporting eyeballs. Like that. At yeah, least, it's at least different than any other, you know, it's different than the Super Bowl. And it seems like in our overly litigious society at times, it's just a, a remnant of the path that I love. I think it's great. I, I, I agree with uh, David when going out there and seeing this and that. They're not doing this for show. They, they work year round uh, for these guys. You know, uh, I know a uh, guy I grew up with, Travis Foley, had some real success this past week. He is a, a full blown horse person. I mean, he, he's out there. He's a trainer. I mean, those guys care about the animals, and they put their, that's their livelihood. Yeah. And it's a big part of the industry. I mean, you go down to that part of the city. I mean, that's, what, that's what, uh, what's going on in South Louisville around Churchill Downs. I mean, that's a, a whole different culture. 143 years. 143 years. That's it's just wild time, to me. I'm, by, in no way am I suggesting that it, it should ever come to an end, obviously. I think it, it's, it's cool as hell. And, and if it wasn't... Cool as hell. You wouldn't see... I mean, what, what is a, a better attraction for celebrities? What collects more celebrities year in, year out than the Kentucky Derby? I'm with you, man. We got you. So we appreciate your call, David. Please give us... You know, feel free to get back in on the action a- any week. We know uh, we have our man Brian the Insider who, who keeps us up to speed. Um, Road to the Winter Circle podcast. You can download it on iTunes. Uh, Brian is a big part of the show here, and, you know, it's a great podcast. Kimberly Greenwell, Mike Gandolfo, they follow the the sport much closer than Steve or I do. So, Steve, I'm sorry. David, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate your input. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 and 1450. WXVW coming at you as we do every Sunday morning, 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. Got plenty that we're going to get to this morning. 
I mean, this is an action-packed week as much as really any I can remember. We're, we're boxing fans. We're going to have our man Nicholas Barris in studio at 10.30 to talk about his new gym. He's going to have a couple or maybe a few fighters with him, keeping the, the sport of boxing alive in Louisville, Kentucky. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We're actually going to head to the Buzzline now. We have our man The Truth on the line with us. And before we get The Truth on, Steve, we got we to gotta give The Truth some props, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. A couple weeks ago, he called in, and he was talking about some Yankees outfielder named Aaron Judge. Is that his name? Aaron Judge. He's six foot seven, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. And he looks just as proportionate as anybody as far as size. He is a giant. And Truth called in and was talking about how great this Aaron Judge was. And to be honest with you, I didn't think I I, I know Truth knows his stuff, but I wasn't very familiar with who Aaron Judge yeah. is. And as it turns out, Aaron Judge leading leading the major leagues. In home runs, yep. with 27 RBIs and 13 home runs. How are you this morning, Truth? Congratulations on your Yankees and how they've played yeah. as of late. Well, I got a, I got a, see, I, I got a little problem with, uh, you know, you know, when you start knocking the ball out of the park, and uh, I think people were scared to pitch him high. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I started watching the, the Cubs series yesterday. Cubs started pitching up high. You know, Dave Winfield was a big tall guy too. Dave Winfield, yeah. And I see that, uh, you know, in the major league, if you're a good scouter, you can expose his weakness. I want to see can he hit the high ball. Most of all this season, everybody's been pitching him a low ball, and he's been knocking the crap out of us. And we're going to see how can he get from high pitch to low pitch. And and that's going to be a a work in progress with him because he's still young. He is, and a lot of times young guys – like that, they they do. They get hot, and then pitchers have a lot of tape on them, and they, they somewhat figure them out a little bit. So we'll see how long this lasts. But Aaron Judge is a, a real freak of a human being. You mentioned Dave Winfield, truth. Obviously, the only player ever to be drafted in the Major League Baseball, NBA, and NFL. So he was a big, just absolutely freak of an athlete. Aaron Judge has also been compared size-wise to Adam Dunn. So, I mean, there's not many guys in the history of baseball who have been this tall and weighed this much. So, he's an absolute freak. He's also playing really good right field defensively. I, and I'll tell you something else I liked about how they, they say they say he got the spirit of Derek Jeter, how he respects the, the owners, how he respects baseball. And he if he respect, got the same attitude with uh Derek Jeter, he's going to go a long way in sports because when you got a good attitude and you know you're good and it don't go to your head and you just stay mad, you'll, you'll, you'll accomplish a lot of things in life. Hey, I'm going to throw one out for you. I can't wait to next year with the Yankees when we have Bryce Harper in a uniform. Wow. What position will he play? Is he going to take right field away from Aaron Judge? Look at Listen, we'll find a way with him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I still say the Yankees are going to – I think he's going to get the biggest contract ever in sports. Wow. Prophetic truth is – is we'll see. He's predicting the future. He predicted Aaron Judge will turn into a household name. 
Looks like he's on the but, on the fast track to doing just that. But next year, if you get if I mean if you get Bryce Harper, I mean look at the bullpen of the Yankees right now. They got Delaney Bettences, they got Aroldis Chapman. I mean, this is a, a very talented Yankees team. All of a sudden, uh, I think they're at, at sixteen and fourteen, something like that is their record. Let's see here. Now they're doing very good, tied for the lead in, in the division. The Yankees are. I think they got. I think they got forty-seven home runs. I think Baltimore got uh, Houston or Baltimore got more home runs. I'm sorry, they're uh, nineteen and nine. The Yankees have the most wins outside of the Astros or the Nationals. So the Yankees have the third most wins in baseball. The Yankees are back. Hey, listen. Let me throw this out to you. The ain't the Yankees farm system is so deep at shortstop, at third base, outfield. They can do anything they want. And I'm telling you, they they the Yankees are back. I'm telling you, we we're gonna have a big party about this time next year. The Yankees are back, and let's give a shout out to Mr. James Blackman because he's leaving Indiana, and I'm glad about it. Okay, so you. You're happy with the, the current state of the, the Hoosiers roster. What about Archie Miller? What do you give Archie Miller as far as a grade right now for his job he's doing with the Hoosiers? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give him a, a right now a D map. A D minus. Why is that, Truth? You're not happy with Archie. Listen, I like Archie Miller, but guess what? Bring me somebody in. You get. You say you got this, crew and class and all that. If you're a good crew, you go out to get them, right or wrong. Yeah, no, it's true. His brother does a good job with bringing in the big recruits. And it looks like the, the Hoosiers are waiting thus far to see if he can come through and, and turn into that type of a, a elite-level recruiter. I, I, that's what I'm saying, because, listen, you got the right people. You got the money. You got a private jet. You're at one of the greatest universities. It's time for you to start bringing something. I, uh, we gave you some money. We gave you and your wife a new house in Bloomington. We gave you money. We gave you credit cards. It's time for you to deliver. Okay. Well, we'll keep... What's that? I'll, I'll holler at y'all next week. Thank you so much for the call, Truth. Good stuff there, from man. The Truth. <clears throat> very accurate predictions thus far of the New York Yankees and, and very harsh criticism. Or Archie Miller of the Indiana yeah. Hoosiers, D minus. Well, James Blackman Jr. He's hiring an agent, and that's yeah. three that they're losing. I think another one is uh, declared for the draft, but he's, he's not signing an agent. But Thomas Bryant, Anunoby, they're all gone. Mm-hmm. They all hired agents, but I did see he he's retaining his whole the the whole, the entirety of the 2017 recruiting class. So all those guys that were going to Indiana before are still going to go there. Okay, well according to scout.com they're not ranked in the top 20, not in the top 30. Recruiting wise? Yeah, unless I'm missing them. Yeah, right I thought I think they're only getting like three people. Yeah. That that has a lot to do with it. Kentucky's uh, number 1 with 8 recruits, UCLA's number 2 with 6. Archie's brother, Sean Miller, as I mentioned, is number three with four. Alabama, Avery Johnson, has five recruits. You're a big Avery Johnson fan. I, for some reason, I am, yeah. It's because you guys are the same height? Yeah. He holds a spot in my heart. How tall is Avery Johnson? I'm just under 5'10". Let's see. I think he's about that height, right? He's shorter than that, man. Is he? Yeah. 
That means I could beat him in basketball, right? Or at least beat him in a fight. No, he's listed at 5'11", so he's taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> he he looks so much smaller, over. doesn't he? He does. I mean, it's because he played against played with Tim Duncan and Davey Robinson and Sean Elliott, who's 6'8". I mean, <laughs> those guys are all giants. But great call from our man, The Truth. We appreciate his, his input. My Cincinnati Reds are tied for first yeah. place in the Central Division. I am happy about that. My kids are eight and nine years old. My son is eight. My daughter's nine. Actually, my son turns eight. What? <laughs> next even, Monday. Ladies and gentlemen, he doesn't even know his children's age. I do, but though he turns eight next week. <clears throat> and they are engaged in the Cincinnati Reds. I'll admit my son, his sporting interest, he's a front runner. If you ask him who's your favorite NFL team, this is literally what he'll say. I like the Falcons and the Patriots, but I probably like the Patriots a little more. That's his favorite NFL team and his response. NBA team, I really like the Warriors, but I think I like the Cavaliers a little bit more. Swear, that's exactly what he does. Yeah. But I've gotten him sold on the Cincinnati Reds. <clears throat> and so every time I, I have him three— Well, that's probably because you like him. Yeah, except he doesn't—I'm a Louisville fan. He likes Kentucky. He—, he yeah, he doesn't automatically like whoever I do. I've tried to get him to like the Pacers. I've tried to get him to like the Bengals. It doesn't work with my son. For some reason, <laughs> watching a baseball game and seeing the Reds, they've had a couple comeback wins over the past week. Yeah. And sitting there and watching it and explaining the sport, explaining what a infield fly rule is and all the little nuances of the sport of baseball – has really sunk in, not only with my son, but also with my daughter. And, and they, they've, they've gotten behind. We're, we're all, all Reds fans. It is awesome. So now they want to spend time with you? Because <laughs> I know you were having trouble with that, <laughs> Oh, my right? God. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I do a lot of fun for, stuff. For me to place. burst your bubble with the Reds. It's um, not going to last. The but team I'm in last place is two games back. Yeah, you're right. The, Red, right. the Reds are 16 and 14. The Pirates Last place, 14, 14 and 16. <laughs> So it's not going to last. I don't care, Steve. You so can, in a week, you the cannot Reds burst could be my buzz off. I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series. What I'm saying is, is my Cincinnati Reds are in contention for winning the pennant this year, as yeah. of today. Are they going to? I don't know. Young guys like Amir Johnson, Bronson Royal is three and two as a 40 year old after not having pitched for almost three years. I mean, this story thus far has me. I'm buying. Doesn't mean it's going to last forever. Your Indians are doing good. I know. 16 and 13 at the top of the AL Central. Yeah, it's a tough division, too. Uh, ahead of the Minnesota Twins, another team who last year, I think maybe they had the worst record in baseball. Lost 100 games, I believe, last year. And they're 15 and 13 right there in the AL Central. So baseball is in full season right now. You and I and your brother and my brother, we're all going to the, the – uh, Reds and Indians game. We are. That should be fun. Monday the what is that? Monday the nineteenth or something like that. No, not the nineteenth. Twenty second, twenty first. Yeah. Not to switch. Can I switch gears on? Switch me? gears on me. What do you got? Will you buy your son a pair of the ZO two? How this guy is Levar a genius. Ball the fact shoes. that you just brought that up, Lavar Ball is a genius. Okay. Why beat around the bush anymore? Okay, we're talking about him. You felt you needed to to mention that, right? I, I got you. It's free publicity. It is. Every yeah. show across the country is talking about this guy. Who's he says, and it is kind of funny. He says four hundred ninety five dollars per pair, and they say 
who's going to spend $495 per pair, LeVar? What are you talking about? And he says, oh, you're not, you don't have that kind of money for a pair of tennis shoes? I guess you're not a big baller. <laughs> have you heard that's what his tagline yes, is? Yes, I know. I guess you're not a big baller. It just it's makes called, me laugh every time. It's called a big baller. Uh, big baller is the brand. Yeah. Do you think celebrities are getting behind this? Like rappers you know, and things like that are going to brag about having these shoes on? Because if so, he could get some traction here. I know. I was, I was thinking the same thing, that this thing could either fall flat on its face or take off, right? I mean, 495 But I honestly think if you wear shoes around like that, it re- I mean, people get jumped for their Jordans. Yeah. They get robbed. But and so those there, cost a couple you know, hundred there's, bucks. There's people out there that, you know, want to get noticed. Oh, he has the... Four hundred ninety-five pair dollar pair of shoes on. That could mean something to some people. Yeah, you know what? No, I'm. I'm not. And we'll, what will even help us case? The fact that I buy my shoes at Shoe Carnival. I'm not dev- denying the fact that some people really do take shoes yeah. very serious. And if he ends up being good in the NBA, that could even help it. You know, even more. Do you think the success the success of the shoes depends solely on if he's good? No. Regardless, he's going to go down. He could be a complete flop. I don't think he will be. In marketing, no, I don't either. I'm saying he could be. In marketing-wise, he could still have an impact. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I do think that's possible. I mean, look at the Kardashians. Look at the society we live in. And I'm not being an old man, get off my lawn type guy. Um, but marketing is what matters. We are talking. We are based in Louisville, Kentucky, Southern Indiana, and we are talking about LeVar Ball and the Big Baller brand, aren't we? Yeah. So I'm not saying that it's a success <clears throat> yet. I mean, Charlie Sheen, people were going, God, look, he's a genius. Look, golly, look, winning. I mean, look, he's got it all figured out. Boom. AIDS. AIDS. Got him. <laughs> what does that have to do? <laughs> what I'm saying is, is sometimes <laughs> these things blow up in your face. Ex- too much exposure does not always work. I'm with you, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> That's the best one that I have because any exposure is normally good exposure when it comes to marketing, right? Isn't that the rule? Yeah, that's what they say. But I don't think Unless it necessarily. I guess <laughs> I don't think it necessarily always is, right? No. So this could work. Guys like Sebastian Telfair, Lance Stevenson was coined as what was his nickname when he was in like eighth grade. He was a, a a very highly touted player. I don't know his nickname in eighth grade. No, he, he was a very – let me see. He's got a tattooed on his chest. Let's see. But anyways, you can have an impact on the world of sports and even beyond that without being – I mean, look at Swaggy P. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. How great of a player is he? Yeah, he's not an NBA all-star. But why do we know who he is? I mean, we follow the NBA very closely, but if there's yeah. any – maybe there's women You listening. can build a brand without being – yeah, you can. In today's day and age of Instagram and, and how many followers do you have and things like that, I mean, there are it, it, you're able to quantify someone's impact in so many yeah. different ways, right? Who's another good example of that, Steve? I don't understand how, just based on the shoes alone, I don't understand how NBA players lo- wear like lower mid shoes. What do you mean? That don't that aren't high tops that don't have the ankle support. You have ankle problems when you wear short no, shoes. No, I mean there's. Clyde Drexler always wore the shoes that were really low tops. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand how those guys do it. You would think just if your job is playing basketball, but I think your ankles get really 
um, used to whatever type of shoe you wear and things like that, too. Yeah. I mean, Lola Bud. I know this is a different direction. Lola Bud. You know who that is? No. Zo- Zola Bud. I'm sorry. Is a, 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 a long distance runner. She's now 50 years old. Okay. She won the 800 meter all the way up to the 10,000. She meter. runs in her bare feet. Runs in her bare feet. Okay. I'm looking at her Wikipedia page now. I don't know why I thought of her. My mom loves her. But she runs in her bare feet. So I, I think your feet and your, your ankles can get used to There's marathon runners who run in their bare feet. Yeah. You wouldn't think that's good for your ankles, would you? <clears throat> no. But you're running in a straight line. You're not... Not marathon runners. Jumping and planting and change of direction. Some people do stuff like over... Uh, when you play basketball, do you like to wear high tops? I do. I have had ankle... My, my ankle has blown up pretty big from spraining my ankle before. Yeah. I, I prefer to wear high tops. But honestly, if it's performance-based, sometimes wearing uh, the, the shorter shoes does make it make you feel more... Um, Agile. Agile, yeah, because you don't want big, bulky. I've, I've done both ways. I grew up playing basketball. I mean, you have, the, like, Grant Hill's big, huge high tops, the Fila's or whatever, different different types of shoes with different ankle support. So I don't know. The, the fact that we are talking about the big baller brand and we're laughing and we are intrigued has to be a somewhat of a good start. How much has he pay, paid for publicity thus far? How many times has he been on ESPN? A lot, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And the flip-flops are like I, 220. I don't have a problem with it. Marketing is everything. You and I are both boxing fans. We'll have our man Nick Barris and his boxers in at 1030 this morning. But marketing is everything. And, and the reason I mentioned boxing is MMA and boxing. Marketing is everything. And he's probably, Do people care? Yes. <clears throat> if, if you're, do people, yeah. people care about Aaron Judge as much as they should? He leads baseball in home runs. Probably not. Uh, marketing is everything. And you know he doesn't. He's probably getting all of the money. You know, it's his brand. He didn't sign sign up with Nike or Adidas or who Under Armour, Levar Ball, yeah, the, the dad. Yeah. So they're making them on demand. If you buy one, then they're gonna then they're gonna go make the shoe. Levar Ball, the dad, who up until this point, the reason he's most well known not not only is he has three great basketball player sons who are very young. But he also claims he could easily have beaten Michael Jordan in one-on-one back in his prime. Yeah. And this guy barely sniffed the court for a middling Division One basketball program. I think he played like three minutes a game or something like that. And we're talking about him. So as much as we laugh at him, who gets the last laugh? We'll see. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Let me tell you, baby. What you mean to me?
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW. Kevin Knox of the out of Tampa, Florida, committed to Kentucky on Saturday. He is a five-star McDonald's All-American. He was not supposed to be going to Kentucky. I mean, just when the narrative was starting to be written that this next Kentucky team next year, right? That was the consensus. What was the narrative? Was that it's not looking good. We don't know. It's it's, it's not looking good. I don't know if it was it's not looking good, Kelly. You still had like... Like what? Like... Four top An entirely players, new right? class, though. But yes, a, a bunch of inexperience, and even many of the Kentucky fans within the the you know the diehard Kentucky people started to question: Is this an NIT team? I swear, <clears throat> I'm not making. I mean, it, it, I, I saw some some people suggesting things like that on Twitter and different <laughs> places. That doesn't mean everybody felt that, but it was yeah. not the best feeling in the world about this. Now, all of a sudden, they land. Five-star wing, Kevin Knox, and the narrative is changing just like that. Why did anyone doubt John Calipari? He has eight commitments coming in next year. I think the true diehard fans were never doubting him, right? I do. I think they were paranoid just like I – I think the, the true diehard fans are paranoid. I do. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor, Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram buzz line. Call us, but they shouldn't be right. No, clearly not. Loaded. You cannot doubt they're loaded Cal. every year. You cannot doubt Cal. I, I've I've taken many shots at Kentucky fans in the past. You will not ha- take me hear me take shots at John Calipari for running a college basketball program. You won't. He is as good as it <clears throat> gets when it comes to running a program, yep. bringing in talent. How many? What did you say this? The numbers were for me. It was um. Let's see here. They had like six, five stars, and five McDonald's All-Americans. It's eight top 100 prospects. Eight top 100 prospects coming in this year, right? Yep. Absolutely amazing. All right, who do they have returning? Let's see. If I'm winning Gabriel, am I going to see the court at all next year? Who knows? Probably not, right? He's not necessarily coming back. Is See, he? that's the problem. If you're not a superstar, they're all superstars. If you, if you go there's there, o- there's only and you don't live up to your hype. The next class, well, then uh, you're still going to be on the bench, right? If that's what you're thinking, and if I'm John Calipari and, and I'm selling this, is if that's what you're thinking, then yeah, maybe you need to find another place to go play. If you're not the best of the best. And you can't compete for playing time on a college basketball court in a rotation of, let's be honest, seven or eight guys is who Cal plays. Then you need to go somewhere else. If you don't think you can cut it, if you're if you're, yeah. if that's too good of competition for you, but you you know these guys, they all think they're the best, and I would too. If you're a five star McDonald's All American, I'm going to the NBA soon. I can get minutes, right? Yeah. You got to be thinking that. You can't think at a co- collegiate level, even though this is basically an NBA team. Right? MBDL, something like that. Could Kentucky basketball beat the MBDL, many of the MBDL teams? I don't know. But I have no... No pay- bait. Yeah. I think they... they maybe maybe some years. You I, know? I bet probably not because there's no weak... The, every one of those MBDL players is really good. Yeah. Right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all pros. They all probably deserve a to different be style of play. Yeah, a little more physical. Those are grown men, you know. But I, I mean, this NBA pipeline through Lexington is absolutely amazing. Yeah, if you look at Scout.com's rankings, they now have the number nine, number ten, number eleven, number fourteen, number sixteen, number twenty-two rated players coming in. But they were going to be terrible without Knox. Not terrible. <laughs> you're you're swinging <laughs> you're swinging that way now. No, I'm not. I'm just making fun of you because you said they were going to be. I, I was. I'm, I'm just repeating or parroting what I heard many people say. I think more than anything, they were unsure about next year, right? Un- uncertainty. Whereas a lot of times in the off season, this time of the year, Kentucky fans are saying this is the greatest recruiting class ever. Not just to Kentucky, but in the history of the sport. Right? That's not too far-fetched. Now we're right back in that type of conversation. Yeah. Especially I mean, if they get Bamba. They just went from... So they still might get another guy, right? Bamba, yeah. You know, they could be national title favorites instantly. So Louisville, the, 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 the tables have turned to a degree. They at, have. At one they point, really have. At one point, it looked like maybe Donovan Mitchell will be coming back. Yep. And now all of a sudden, Donovan Mitchell's gone. Boom, also a, a returning senior, Jalen Johnson's gone. And they're saying Jay, Dang Adele is also working out still from some NBA teams. And now you're panicking. I'm not panicking. Rick, if I trust anyone, it's Rick. Rick will take care of things. The same token, I say you cannot doubt John Calipari for what he's able to do and the talent he's able to bring in. Rick knows what he's doing. It's not an NIT team. Based on history, this guy's a magician. Let him work his magic, Steve. If Dangadell doesn't come back, they're in trouble. I don't know how serious that is, but if I'm an NBA GM... I haven't heard any of that. Really? I don't know, though. I'm not up to date, like... He's doing some type of exercises for the Spurs or other teams. I mean, he does have potential. Yeah. You look at him play. Yeah, He's probably coming back. He's probably coming back. But as far as length and agility... If that's what you're looking for is ability and, and, and potential, Ding Adele is NBA talent, right? Yeah. It's whether it's this year or next year is, is the factor. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. When it comes to recruiting rankings, that's not necessarily uh, my bread and butter. For, for you know, yeah. I, I don't follow recruiting rankings that closely. And our, our man, Gary Love, we'll have him back in here soon, and, and he gives us... Yeah, he's every- our recruit. He actually just texted me that um, Louisville's trying to get Wright State transfer shooting guard who averaged 18 a game. Okay. He didn't give me a name on it, but I'm sure if you look that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gary's always up to date on the recruiting stuff. We'll probably have him in either next week or the week after Certainly, that to break next down week, recruiting. Regardless, it does matter, and this is college basketball country. Yeah, Kentucky's now all of a sudden the number one team in the country at, at eight players. UCLA is, is number two with six. Let's look at UCLA's class. In huge signing yesterday, what? Kevin Knox. No one saw it coming except me. No, you didn't. I know I didn't. I have maintained you cannot doubt Cal. I mean, it's it's possible. If he wins another title at Kentucky, then he's going to – I mean, the narrative for him is entirely changing from a, a recruiting guru who underperforms in March. No, 
that's, that's his narrative? That for According to some. No, there's no way. What are you talking about? According to some, I'm not saying that I feel that, but if he wins another title. He does not underperform. That, that, that has been the narrative in, at times in the past for him, right? I'm not going to agree with that, no. Okay. 502-384-1450. I know our man Gary is listening. If you want to call in, get in on the action. Your feedback on that. If he wins two titles, though, what I'm saying is Roy Williams move over, guys like that. He's in that conversation for guys who have won multiple titles. Thus far, he's won one title, Steve. And okay. At the, and at the end of the day, that's what Kentucky fans care about is winning bi- hanging banners, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's won one title. He's as good as Joe B. Hall, in, in depending on h- how you evaluate things. Is that how you evaluate things? Would you no. rather have Roy Williams than John Calipari? No, you wouldn't. I'll answer that for you. Probably not, but Roy Williams has won, what, three titles Would now? you rather have K- Kevin Ollie? No. Well, he has one title. He has. He's won one title, but he doesn't have. So the he's rec- just as good as Calipari. No, I'm not saying that's exactly how it works, Steve. Look, man, he he just goes to Final Fours over and over again. Elite eights. Elite eights. And he's won a championship. Mm-hmm. And he's been the three he, others. He's at the top of it, uh, of the the sport. Yeah. Is it because Patino has more than one title? One of those titles is with Kentucky, so if that's my argument, then I, I need to I need to kind of rethink that. Looking at these rankings, Western Kentucky is number twelve in Conference USA. Isn't that cool? Yeah. They had a lot of guys in the NFL draft too. I thought that was pretty cool. They did. Speaking of the NFL draft thoughts. We haven't. We weren't on the air last week. Our man Rashawn Myers and Haven Harrington did a great job filling in for us. Oh, uh, you, you don't know. You know, we don't know yet on the NFL draft. As a Browns fan, am I pumped? Absolutely. But I mean, we Miles don't, Garrett, yep. sell us on the Browns draft. Well, you had three first rounders. All of them can come in and play right away, and then you also. Picked up another first rounder for next year. Now you have five picks in the first two rounds and can maybe move up and get a ace quarterback. We'll see. You also got Kevin Zeitler from my Bengals. Yes. Offensive and guard. free agency. Yep. Yes. Yep. Browns will probably be uh, be better than the Bengals this year. Do you really think that? <clears throat> I think they can be as good, yes. Okay. The Bengals are going down, man. You think so? They're losing everybody. But off season, we're kind of in the the middle of the basketball, football. I know more local people are probably you know still in the college basketball. I'm already gearing up for some football, man. Yeah, that's no. just the way I am, though. NFL season's right around the corner. NBA playoffs obviously in full yes. effect right now. We've got three games today, three series going on uh, to determine what will inevitably, and I've maintained all year, will inevitably be a rematch of the Warriors and Cavaliers in the finals. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, baseball is going on. There's storylines across the league, like Aaron Judge for the Yankees. My Reds are tied for first. I know everybody's talking about that. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Sheep, and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We've got our man Gary Love on the line with us. 
Gary, we were talking about basketball recruiting and this surprise commitment for the five-star McDonald's All-American wing, Kevin Knox. Keep us yeah. up to speed on that and what's, what's going on in the world of recruiting. How significant is this for John Calipari? Well, it's, it's really significant if Hamadou Diallo leaves because Calipari's been selling Kevin Knox on playing the two or three. So if he plays the two, there's your shooting guard, 6'8 shooting guard. Wow. That, that's, that's length for your team, isn't it? If you have a 6'7", listed 6'8", at some, some places, shooting guard, Calipari, if anything, this past year, compared to Louisville, they lacked a little bit of length. Is that right? Yes, yes. They, they, were, they were smaller than his usual teams this year. Now, now the front court for, for Kentucky, who's going to be the starting power forward and starting center for this Kentucky team next year? Well, it depends. If they get Bahamut Bamba, that would be him. But if not, it would be Dick Richards. When, he's another seven-footer. When, when does Bamba decide? He said he's going to decide before the NBA draft. So that's what he said yesterday. So I, who knows, really. And what's your prediction? Do you think he's going to come to K- Kentucky? I think he will because he's um, real good friends with uh, Quade Green, uh, real good friends with Kevin Knox, and almost best friends with uh, Hamadou Diallo. So, so Kentucky's going to be stacked again. Where, where, where does this, where does this leave us? I, I said to Steve earlier in the show that a lot of times this time of the year, Kentucky fans are saying this is the greatest class we've ever had, right? And and in the Calipari era, I mean that's warranted. That's the type of stuff that happens on a yearly basis. Where does this class, as of today, May seventh, two thousand seventeen, where does this class rank compared to other Calipari classes? Well, it. It depends on, I mean, the 2014 class was pretty good as far as uh, top to bottom. Well, not top to bottom, top, top ten. But as far as top to bottom, this has got to be the best one. I mean, but you never know until they get out there and play. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that they're lacking right now is everybody saying is shooting. And I think they sold that up yesterday with Kevin Knox. Fair enough, Gary. And uh, what are your thoughts? Is Diallo going to head to the NBA? He wants. I think he wants to go. And it just came out this morning that he's not playing five-on-five five down there, which I don't think he should. Because if, if he plays five-on-five five, he, he gets, and gets exposed, he has to come back. But now somebody's going to draft him on the unknown. But if he gets, I think if he gets a top-20 guarantee, he's, he's going to leave. All right. Now, Kentucky's ranked number one, according to Scout.com, for recruiting this, up, this, this offseason. UCLA is number two with, with six players committed. Tell us about UCLA's class and what, what's important for Steve Alford going into next year. Well, he's got, he's got a lot to replace. I mean, just like Kentucky does, but he can't reload like Kentucky, but they got a player, keep your, keep your eyes on Jalen Hands. I mean, he's really good. Okay. Gary, will my man Wenyon Gabriel see the court next year? Oh yeah, I think I think he starts at the three. Oh, okay, fair enough. And then, uh, I mean, he's, he's got he's got the whole off season to get stronger, and he's got a he's got a really good outside shot. So yeah, I think he starts at the three next year. 
And uh, is Bam sold going into the NBA draft? Bam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he came out, I think, last Monday. He signed with an agent. Okay, so that's over with. Yes. Okay. So, what about what do y'all think about Louisville, Donovan Mitchell leaving? It's definitely a, a shot to the Louisville fans and the ceiling for this team next year. Dingadell will probably be looked at. Obviously, Quentin Richardson. I'm sorry, Quentin Snyder, not Richardson. Quentin Snyder will be the, the returning backcourt player uh, with the most experience. But Dingadell, I mean, they're going to they're gonna struggle, really. I, I'm not saying they're NIT bound or anything like that. There's been some Louisville fans who uh, have been getting a little carried away with the doom and gloom type scenario. I think they'll be okay. It certainly would have been better if Donovan Mitchell stuck around for Rick. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, I think it. I think that hurts their team a, a lot for shooting and athleticism because Quentin Snyder's not very athletic. I think if they don't get the right state transfer, I, I see them moving Quentin Snyder over to the two and starting Darius Perry. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what Rick does. There's still a spot open now that Donovan's gone. Uh, maybe this right straight right state transfer. You know, Rick's also looking at the other available fifth-year transfer guys, as that's seemingly a big part of our our culture in, the, in college basketball these days is you lose somebody like this and you've got a, a selection across the country of, of, you know, Cleveland State fifth-year guy or Wright State, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's always options out there for fifth-year transfers. We'll see what Rick Pitino does going into next season. So, Gary, we appreciate your recruiting update. Thank you so much. We'll have to get you back in here soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for calling in, Gary. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Good stuff there from our man Gary Love. At Scouting You on Twitter. While we're at it, I'm at the Kelly Patrick. Steve helps us with our, our Weekend Sports Buzz account. At WSB1450. So at WSB1450. Get at us on the the Twitter uh, action. So, Steve, we, we have three NBA games today. You said you're, you're gearing, gearing up for the NFL playoffs. I'm sorry, the NFL regular season. Yep. Am I wrong in saying that it'll be the Cavaliers against the Warriors inevitably? No, it should be. Now, you look at Spurs, Spurs Rockets, and you kind of think, all right, who will match up better with Golden State? A lot of people think the Rockets run and gun game would would line up better with the Golden State I'd I'd be more inclined to see the Spurs face them um you don't think losing Tony Parker is that big of a deal do you he's not a game changer what he's a he's a steady veteran hand Um, doesn't that matter in the playoffs it does yeah it does but I don't Patty Mills will fill in for him it's not like losing LaMarcus Aldridge even though he has hasn't really played yeah, I mean, he he had a good game last game. Yeah. He had 26 and 12, I think. But, yeah, I'm not – I don't think their season's over just because they lost Tony Parker. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Get a, give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head to the buzz line now. we got our man Blue is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Blue? Oh, I'm doing real good, real good, Kelly. Hey, hey, I, I enjoy your show, man. Um, I hear myself talking with the radio down. Hey, uh, uh, speaking of always dreaming, it reminds me of Louisville fans. You know, they're always dreaming about h- how bad Kentucky's going to be and this and that. 
Hey, Rashawn Myers last last week, Kelly was a joke, man. <laughs> All he did was was oh, Kentucky's not going to be this and that. Hey, 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 let me say something else too, Kelly. You mentioned that how hard it was to win the championship in March. Who would know better than a Louisville fan? I mean, how many years did y'all win one championship to another? Yeah, you're right. Since eight, 86, you. 80, 86 through 2013, that was a big gap. You're right. <laughs> I, I love it. And, and, and to the man beside you, Steve, uh, what, is that his name, Steve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned about winning Gabriel coming back. That's exactly what I want and what Kentucky fans should want, man. We want somebody with a little experience. Every player doesn't have to leave it after six months of, you know, playing whatever. Man, we need that. Look at Grace Nallis for, for, for Duke, man. I mean, we need players like that experience. Good player, so yeah. When you, he he might even start next year. We had to get Kevin Knox. Everybody said oh, he's going to Duke, Missouri. Whatever, man. Come on, man. <laughs> and, and and I mean, uh, uh hey, I'm gonna bounce a little bit. The NBA, man, man, I hear myself talking. Um, I'll just say this: Kevin Durant is the story of the NBA, man. Much as I, I love LeBron, Kevin Durant, man, he's the best guy on the team. That was already a great team. Enjoy your show. Always dreaming Louisville fans. Thank you. <laughs> Great call from a man, Blue. Yeah. Taking shot at the Louisville fans. But, you know, I appreciate that. Giving us this feedback. Wayne and Gabriel, our man, Gary Love, just said he thinks he'll start at the three next yeah, I know. year. I know. So that, that's what Blue said is always dreaming is the Kentucky Derby winner. But always dreaming is also describing Louisville fans. Yeah, a good parallel. And, and, and Rashawn did last week. He, he, he <clears throat> I got a little bit of feedback. He did a great job, as always. But he played the... Kentucky doom and gloom scenario did, for next yeah. year college basketball. This Kentucky basketball team's not going to be that great. All of a sudden, Kevin Knox. I mean, still, this is going to be one of the least experienced Kentucky teams Cal has had to deal with. But signing Kevin Knox puts them clear as the clear-cut number one recruiting class in the country. And Gary said this is maybe the best in the Cal era. I mean, what? From top to bottom, yes. Okay, for whatever. So, I mean, I'm just saying, <clears throat> What? At what point do we and they still stop? could get another guy? Yeah. At what point do we stop hearing this? This is the best class ever. I start, but, I would doubt my friends you know, when, when people would say stuff like that back when when Cal started doing this. Is John Wall's going to be the number one overall pick? I was like, shut up, man. You don't know that. You know. And I was so wrong. So much egg on my face. I admit it. I was. I said the same type of stuff about Anthony Davis. Chill out. Just because he had a big growth spurt, <laughs> d- people were saying. I mean, I have so much egg on my face over the years. Cal, I, I'm not doubting Cal anymore. Yeah. It's true. But you know what comes with these great players and great talent? It's great expectations, It's right? true. So you're playing the devil's advocate. If I take shots at Cal, you play the other way. But our man Blue with a great call. I agree with him. Um, I mean, I, I, maybe he was a little harsh on the Louisville fans. Yeah. but I mean, they did win one in... 2013. 12? 12. I'm sorry, 12, 12 yeah. So we appreciate Blue getting in on the action this morning. We're going to head to a break. On the other side, we'll have our man Nick Barris and a a couple fighters in studio with us. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Let me tell you, baby, what does it mean to me?
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, coming at you as we do every Sunday morning, 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside my man Steve Driver. want to welcome a couple of our local boxing friends. We have Nick Barris and Aaron Shekels in studio with us. How are you guys doing this morning? Great, great. How are you doing this morning? Fantastic. Thank you for having us on. Appreciate you guys coming back in. You're welcome at any time as... You know, Steve and I are, are uh, I guess, li- yeah, lifelong boxing fans. So, I mean, the sport is alive um, here in the Louisville area, and there's a strong contingency of people who care about the sport. You guys are working on not only promoting, um, um, keeping the, the memory of guys like uh, all the great heavyweights out of the city alive, but also going forward, you've got some very successful fighters who are competing uh, Nick, you have your, your gym, has a grand opening coming up. Um, uh, Louisville Select Boxing this upcoming Saturday, May 13th, 6 p.m., right across from Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Yeah, we're looking to uh, we're looking to have, you know, 50 to 100 people come out for the grand opening. We've been uh, privileged to uh, get a facility on Floyd Street, right across the street from Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Uh Mayor Greg Fisher said he's going to come out and check out the gym. We've got a uh, we've got a lot of really really talented young fighters that are, that'll be competing and uh, training out of the facility. The uh, what what we're really looking to do is trying to bring in some more kids, give some kids some opportunities. We got a twenty five hundred square foot facility, uh, ring bags, uh, double end double end bags, speed bags. We got a great staff of coaches, and uh, you know. Amateur boxing has uh, really taken a big hit in the Louisville area in the last 20 years. And for us to have some of those great champions that you were just referencing, we've got to uh, start a grassroots program and, and start building the kids up from the ground up. You know, So we're taking in kids from eight years old on up, and uh, we're looking to, to compete nationally and uh, add to what we've already been doing. A real good friend of mine, Aaron Sheckles here from Five Star Boxing, he uh, – he, We've been working together for the last several years. We got a bunch of kids that compete against each other right at the same age, and uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to, you know, work together and see if we can't come up with a what would be what I would call a super team and uh, really represent the city and, and try to go and compete nationally. So now competing nationally is already happening. For those of us, our, our listeners who aren't aware, uh, Nick has Demontes Duncan. Juicy competing at the Regional Junior Olympics in Detroit. Yeah, uh, uh, Juicy Duncan, Demontez Duncan. He's one of the uh, he's one of the, the local fighters around here that, that's starting to build a name for himself. Him as well as Five Star Boxing uh, Coach Aaron Shackles, Brian Jackson. They've got a, a young man named Armand Jackson. He'll be traveling uh, to Detroit as well. Both of them won the the state level competition in Indianapolis. Three weeks ago, I believe, and uh, they're both competing in Detroit with a chance to go to the national championships in West Virginia in June. So that, that's something that we're really looking forward to. I think that uh, both young men are really, really capable of, of winning this tournament and uh, going on to the nationals. So. Now, Aaron Shekels, you know, we, we've had Aaron in studio with us uh, before. We appreciate you coming back in. Aaron, what are you looking forward to with your collaboration with Nick as you, you combine forces of five-star 
and Louisville Select Boxing? Well, you know, our goal is, like Nick stated, um, we want young men to come in and uh, train to be champions, and, and that's the goal. Uh, we want to get kids that want to compete um, because this, work, this, this sport is very demanding, and um, it brings a lot out of you, and it gives a lot back to you. So um, we want to collaborate and, uh, you know, bring our skill sets together and, and uh, create champions. We want to bring boxing back. Boxing is starting to come back, and uh, we wanted to push it further. Now, Nick said starting at eight years old, eight, eight-year-olds is, would be the youngest that you guys take in. Is, is that consistent with you also, Aaron? Oh, most definitely, yeah. I, I've started training kids at uh, six years old, and by the time they're eight, they're ready to go. You know, and, and what you got to do, one thing people don't realize in boxing is it takes four, five, six, ten years to really master the sport. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds like a long time, but when you start at eight years old and you're at, you're 18, you're at that point you'd probably be ready to be professional. A lot of people want to uh, try to expedite that process and, and take a guy that has boxed a year or two years and, and put him in there and, and in a bad situation. It's just the wrong way to build a fighter. Uh what Aaron's done is he's taken a, a group of kids that are, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, and uh, he's got two of them currently ranked in the top 10 nationally mm-hmm. with one kid ranked number 10, the other kid ranked number 5. And, uh, you know, that, that's a big accomplishment for a 9-year-old or for an 11-year-old to go to school with uh, multiple national championships currently ranked in the top 10 in the country. And uh, they're, they're representing the city, they're representing the state, and, uh you know, they're really, really doing some big things for some young men. So Now, Aaron, you mentioned Armand Jackson. Who's the other guy you ever had? Um, his name is Price Sparrow. Um, he's originally uh, from Georgia, and uh, they moved uh, to Kentucky. And um, they're training with me now. And uh, he's uh, he's already punched his ticket to the uh, National uh, Junior Olympic uh, Tournament. He will, uh, uh, will go in uh, July. So in, in July, we have a uh, – the National Junior Olympics is in Charleston, West Virginia. Um, I have one kid that's already qualified as well, Demetrius Man-Man Duncan. You've heard of him. He, uh, he's he got that stick that everybody keeps talking about when he when he hits you with it. And uh, he uh, he's looking to fight. Uh, he'll have a tune-up fight before we go to the national championships. DeMontez Duncan, Armand Jackson, both of those young men are, are still – trying to qualify and uh but we'll both have fighters going to the nationals uh one thing we're doing at the new facility louisville select boxing at 2801 c south floyd street louisville kentucky 40209 uh we're looking to take people that want to become champions so we're not in the charity industry where you know we're looking to just take people and do exercise boxing we're really really trying to compete and uh take young men that want to become champions Golden Gloves champions, national champions, junior Olympic champions, silver gloves champions. There's a lot of different opportunities for young men, and uh, we want to try to provide that and facilitate uh, those opportunities. So we're uh, we're opening up a new facility. It's it's really going to be a nice facility. We've all really worked really hard, had some good donations, and uh, we've got some really nice equipment, and we're looking forward to getting open uh, this week. So. If you're eight years old, seven years old, nine, ten, fifteen, seventeen, and uh, you're looking to get into boxing, you're looking for a different opportunity, 
maybe football didn't work out for you, basketball, and, and you're a unique type person that wants to become a champion. I want I want to stress that importance on on if you want to become a champion, then then what do they do? How do they get in touch with you? They they can contact us through Facebook. They can contact us through telephone five zero two. Five four one one zero six three. My name is Nicholas Bears. Aaron Shekels. His telephone number is five zero two four one nine. What's the last? Three nine nine one. Three nine nine one. You can contact us directly if you're interested in getting into boxing, and we can help make that happen for you. So many uh, conversation things go off in my head when we start talking about boxing. Nick, you said um, to really master your craft in the sport of boxing. You can't pick it up, and then a year later, you're a successful pro. You gotta, you gotta maybe. Absolutely end. not. That's never happened in the history of the sport. Uh, the greatest fighters, uh, dating back for the last hundred years, have all started as as teenagers or young men. You know, nine, ten, eleven years old. There's not been one instance where a guy started boxing at age 22 and became a world champion and a great fighter. That's never happened. Uh, I don't. I personally don't foresee that happening anytime soon. Sometimes you get bigger guys like heavyweights. They can get into the sport a little bit later because they develop at a, at a later age. They develop at 27, 28, 29 years old. But for for most athletes, if you're not if you're not getting in this sport early, then then your window of opportunity closes. So now here on the weekend sports buzz, I'm Kelly Patrick's Steve Driver. We we follow boxing. There there was a big boxing match last night, and we'll we'll get to that. Um, but the the main story right now. That's relevant to that, to that point, Nick, is Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Now, you guys may be sick and tired of hearing about it. <laughs> if so, that's okay. Tell me. But but the, the the testament or the example that I would give would be Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. If they're going to box in a boxing ring, they're going to wear the, the, the same gloves Floyd Mayweather's been wearing his entire career. Yeah. We're, we're talking about a guy that, that his only his only amateur losses were all controversial. He's a... Uh, He's one of the, the most dynamic and prof- prolific fighters to ever put on a pair of boxing gloves. He's uh, he's one of a kind. A lot of people may not like him, but they also may not understand the history of boxing. Uh, some people say he runs or whatnot, but you've seen you've seen a evolution of Floyd Mayweather from early in his career when he was a knockout artist and a, and a pit bull in the ring. At younger, at, to, at lower weight classes, yeah. 130 pounds, stuff like that. You know, and you can only have so many so many wars before you have to change your style. And, and what he did was he became a master of the craft and, and really became a, a defensive fighter. And uh, he conquered boxing by doing that. He's not been hit with a good punch in 10 years. And uh, I, don't, I don't see... I don't see that fight being very competitive. I think that it's pretty much pretty well understood that Floyd Mayweather would 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 handle him in a boxing match. Now, handle him. What does that mean? Um, you, you I, I miss decision after twelve. Rounds? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine that fight would go past three or four rounds. One thing that people are underestimating in in the sport of boxing is the level of conditioning that it takes to become a, a world champion. And uh. No offense to Conor McGregor, but his record in MMA is 16-4. and four, And you're talking about trying to compete with a guy that's 49-0 and 0 with uh, with 25 world championship title defenses. That's 25, jeez. You know, so he, he's fought the best of the best. When you talk about Floyd Mayweather, you know, it needs to be understood that he's fought, you know, uh, he fought 
uh, Oscar De La Hoya. He fought Diego Corrales. He fought Shane Mosley. He fought and 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 easily beat Canelo Alvarez, who I consider yep. probably the best pound for pound fighter in the world. And he beat him ten rounds to two. So when when you talk about Floyd Mayweather, man, you really really have to recognize what you're talking about. It's like you know it would be the equivalent of of not because you don't like Michael Jordan not thinking he's good at basketball you know that's just not it's just not the case the guy's extremely talented and uh he's the best fighter in the last 30 years so Aaron I'll, I'll ask you uh, I've heard some specifically Chael Sonnen has said if Floyd Mayweather does not win via knockout early in the fight then it's embarrassing for the sport of boxing Aaron I'm going to ask you how would that fight end in, in Depending on how it goes, could it put a negative light on the sport if if Floyd doesn't win via knockout? No, I don't think so. I, I just think that this this fight is about money. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's not, Absolutely. Nothing else um, matters. This is about money. Yeah. That, there's no there's no belts on the line. Nothing. So um, I would, um, you know, I, honestly, I don't think the fight is going to happen. Okay. I, yeah. I've been on record as saying. I actually don't think the fight's going to happen yeah. either. There's, but, there's too much money involved you think it for will? it not to happen. Yeah. You know, the, the, well, you the, could say that about tons of fights historically. But this would be the biggest ever. I think, I think the, the issue that's that's has arose in, in both sports with MMA and boxing is that you've seen a, you've seen a big rise in, in uh, how popular uh, MMA has gotten in the last 15 years. It's a new industry. It's a new sport. And – uh, Kelly, to reach back and talk about would it be damaging to boxing, I, I think it would be actually the, the opposite. I think that the only people that can lose in this situation here is UFC and, and MMA because what you're, what you're going to see, and I, I truly believe this, is you'll see that boxing is a more dominant sport. It's a harder sport. There's better athletes in boxing. Uh, and and – it's more sophisticated of a fighting style than a mixed combination of, of styles, which you have in MMA. So you're, you're talking about, you know, maybe upwards to two, $300 million fight, you know, several, several million pay-per-view buys. So it's just a numbers game as far as wanting to make the matchup happen. I don't think that the boxing uh, aspect of it will be very competitive. And I, I think a lot of people in boxing understand that. I think that that's what people in MMA don't understand at this point is that when when Floyd Mayweather beats Conor McGregor and he destroys Conor McGregor, you're going to see you're going to see boxing supersede any other combat sport as being the the hardest sport to to master. Okay, there's a lot so. of anticipation between fights, and that's inherent in the sport. Is right. we have to wait for the fights that we want to see. We're all boxing fans here. Right. And, and sometimes we get a couple or a few great fights a year. Last night was a pretty good matchup. A couple Mexicans. Who is Cesar Chavez Jr. versus Saul Canelo Alvarez. Before we move on, we've got a few fighters we're going to get on and another trainer that's going to get on the air. I'm going to ask you guys. Is Oscar De La Hoya, who's now the promoter, is he accurate in saying the September fight that is now signed and, and it's going to happen between Saul Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G, Triple G Gennady Golovkin. He, Oscar De La Hoya is saying that's going to be the biggest fight in the history of boxing. Is that hyperbole, or is there any validity 
to to De La Hoya saying that. Hey, uh, the De La Hoya is uh, he's the golden boy. You know, I, I wouldn't. He's already had his fighter in the biggest fight in history with uh with the fight with Canelo Alvarez and Floyd Mayweather, and then that fight was superseded by Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, and, and the fights but, before that was it was Floyd you know, against Oscar, Oscar himself. Oscar De La Hoya. So when Oscar De La Hoya tells you how to make money, you you know you need to you need to recognize what he's talking about because he has been a part of some of the biggest boxing matches, even going back to when he fought Julio Cesar Chavez two times. You know, so so he's been he's been in probably. T- five or six of the ten most popular boxing matches in the history. I think with Gennady Golovkin and and Sal Canelo Alvarez, what you're looking at is uh, you're looking at a fighter that, that has a lot of hype in Gennady Golovkin, and he's also very talented, but he's fought a lot of B-level guys. He's coming off a very close and controversial uh, split decision win over uh, Danny Jacobs' fight, in which I thought he lost, but you know, he's going to be fighting. He's 35 years old, going on 36. He's fighting a very, very strong and tough fighter in Canelo Alvarez at 27 years old. He's really coming into his prime with a record of 49-1. and one. And, and I don't know if I don't know if a, a, a old buck can handle a young buck uh, like, like Alvarez. So okay. I would look for Alvarez to win that fight. All right, before we move on to the, 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 the – Fighters we have in studio. Aaron, your your pick for who would win that fight? Triple G is gonna walk in down. Oh wow! Okay, so gonna walk in down. Room, room divided, Steve. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I think Alvarez too has fought some B level fighters okay. as well. Well, he, he, I, but with that like said, Mosley, and, yeah. I mean, he, he has Hall of Famers on his now. Was Mosley in it past his prime? Sure, yeah. stuff like that. So I mean, he has fought some. He fought Floyd. Yeah, he also so, fought Eris Landy Lara. He, Lara. You know, he and, fought and, Floyd so Mayweather. Did he say that he lost to Lara, though? You know, he fought Amir Khan. You know, it, it was yeah. a close fight with Lara, but Lara's, Lara's one of the top fighters in the world, you know, where... But Lara's one of those slick Cubans with right. the defense. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's a easy. great fighter. Great fighter. And he's a southpaw, so that was a tough matchup. My thing is, I just don't think he's fought anybody at his weight class at their prime. Okay. A champion. I mean, he's fought guys past... Only one was Floyd. And and that was at Floyd at the catch weight of one fifty two. And Floyd handled him. Let's be yeah, honest. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that was easy. Yeah, um, it was easy. Okay. It was a, you know he tried to box Floyd, and he you're not going to be Floyd in the boxing. So, so we've we've got about eight minutes left. Let's go ahead and introduce who else we have in studio with us. Here. We have we have Brian Jackson from Five Star Boxing Academy. He's in studio with Armand Jackson, one of the young men that we were talking about that uh, that's going to Detroit, Michigan, to fight in the regional junior Olympic. Boxing match. Armand is uh is ten years old, and uh, his brother Brielle, who's also a state champion and uh, national runner-up, he's in the studio as well. These young men go to uh, Price Elementary School and T.J. Knight Middle School. They're fantastic young men, and uh, they got a, a very very bright future in boxing. I'm gonna let Armand take a seat here and and say what's up to everyone on the microphone, and uh, give a shout out to his mother. He's listening back home. So, how you doing, Armand? Good. Good. We appreciate you joining us this morning. How? how tell us what you think about this. You, you you probably played many sports. What kind of sport? What's your favorite sports out there? You like basketball or? Yeah, but I like boxing the most. <laughs> okay. Inevitably, we're going to get to that. What What separates boxing for you? Why Why is boxing your favorite sport? Is it's a way for me to get rid of my anger, and I just like the sport. Okay, great answer. Um, you have a big 
tournament or a big matchup coming up in Detroit, right? Yeah. What What are your thoughts on that? Do you know anything about your opponent? No, I really don't care. It's just okay. he's in for a heck of a fight. Okay. What kind of style? What What What's your boxing style? Do you like to to um, throw a bunch of punches, or do you do you maybe um, do a little bit of of, of de- Are you a defense oriented fighter, or do you you rain a bunch of punches on your opponent? What's your style? I throw a medium amount of punches, and I keep my defense. Okay, so you got both. You're a complete fighter. We're right. working towards that. Aaron, okay. Yeah. Aaron, tell us about Armand. What 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 uh, kind um, of progress has he made? How long has he been with you? Armand, uh, of course, he's my nephew, and um, he's. Uh, I started training Armand when he was um, about five or six years old, and um, Armand's uh, style. He, he's a pressure fighter. Um, I kind of Armand has that Mike Tyson. Uh, type of style where he's coming forward and he's throwing punches from all angles but he can box too okay. and uh but that's his style he he comes forward with pressure and and he starts at the body and works his way up to the head and how old are you again Armand? 10 10 okay and you started once again when you were was it six or seven five five okay so you've been boxing for half your life already <laughs> well we appreciate you joining us this morning Armand. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Who, who, who else do we have in here? Uh, Brian, his brother, older brother. Okay. We got a headset for Nick there, too. Love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nick. Help, help me with the introduction here, Nick. Who, who, who do we got here? We've got uh, Brian Jackson. Brian's a fifth grader. And, uh, no, he's sixth grade now. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. Sixth grader, nah. He's a fantastic young man. He's doing everything he's supposed to be doing inside the gym. He's a, a multi-level champion, silver gloves champion, junior Olympic champion. He's a state champion in Kentucky. Uh, he's been boxing half his life as well. He's a role model to a lot of these other younger kids that come into the gym. He's always uh, respectful. And a couple other really nice qualities is that uh, they, they've got this really, really good demeanor where they seem like really nice kids. <laughs> And man, they get in that ring, and and it's it's completely different. So they turn into to really mean monsters. Monsters. Ryle, I'll ask you what what other sports do you like to play, and what separates boxing from the other sports? Why is boxing the sport that you've stuck with, and that's your favorite sport? Because the other sports you can get hurt easier in. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So boxing is safest. I want to say that, but it. Yeah, it kind of is. Okay. Do you, is there any other sports that, that intrigue you? You like to play any other sports? Football. Football? Okay. And who introduced you to boxing? I did. Okay. <laughs> you got My it. dad. Okay. Your dad, of course. All right. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming in and getting in on the action with us here on the Weekend Sports Buzz. Anybody you want to you wanna give a, a shout-out to or a thank you? My dad, okay. my coach, and my uncle, which is my coach too. Okay. And my mom. Great. Well, th- thank you so much. We we appreciate you, Aaron. Uh, this is this is absolutely amazing having these young kids getting in on the sport in that that tender age of of the younger you get into it. You yes. know, guys. We talk about Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. How old was Floyd when he started boxing? When he could walk. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So so the, the earlier you get into it. Obviously, the more it becomes second nature, right. and 
Um, you build that muscle memory, man, and then that's what boxing's about. You know, a lot of times when when guys are in the ring and they're fighting and 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 they hit an opponent with a shot, a lot of times they don't remember throwing it. It's just muscle memory. It happens. And if you get you 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 get uh, tagged, you you get punched in the ring, mm-hmm. and you get maybe a little bit shooken up, you resort to that muscle memory, yes. right? Yes, and and you resort to your training because a lot of guys when they get hurt, if they're not trained how to react when they get hurt. You see a lot of times they'll reach and grab and hold or and they don't know how to actually do that and instead of relying on their basics um, and to get them out of the trouble um, and they just rely on instinct and sometimes that doesn't help now when it comes to, to celebrity boxing trainers are there any that you style yourself after I'll ask you Aaron you and you, you Nick um, I mean who who's what, what what kind of trainers do you guys look up to? Or, or Freddie Roach and guys like that, are they as great as, as everybody makes them out to be, or are they more maybe a product of they got in with some good fighters? They got in. Freddie Roach got in with some good fighters, but he also he worked for um, um, Hall of Fame trainer. I think it was Eddie Futch that he worked with. Yeah, he, and, uh, he, was, he was with Eddie Futch. So you Eddie know. Futch taught him a lot. But uh, Emmanuel Stewart is one of the – to me, is the one of the all-time great trainers in my era because he started kids from like we're doing, Nick and I are doing from uh, zero t- uh, ability into boxing, and he took him to world champions. You and know, he, and, and he did it more than once. Some of what you see in pro boxing now, where you'll see a famous trainer take on certain fighters that they're basically promoters at that point yeah. in their career. You know where. Nacho Berestein was training uh, Julio Chavez, mm. but that was just uh, that was just part show because Julio Chavez has already had five or six of the yeah. best trainers in the and world. Even Emmanuel training, Stewart, so. he ended up with Klitschko, and I think also Lennox Lewis, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Evander Holyfield. He, I mean, everybody came to you him know, at but, that point. But he 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 started his uh, his gym. he started his Kronk gym with uh, amateur fighters, and and he's he's responsible for really putting Detroit maybe on the map with certain fighters like. You know Tommy Hearns, the Hitman Hearns, and, uh, I mean the list goes on. But but Emmanuel Stewart made Vladimir Klitschko into a great heavyweight, which early in his career, you know, he had all the tools. But you know, Emmanuel Stewart really was able to get him to settle down. And and with Emmanuel Stewart, he went on to be the heavyweight champion for you know ten or eleven years. All right, we got to wrap so. things up here, guys. Before we do, how great is Anthony Joshua? He's good. Yeah, he he's a he's a baby in the sport <laughs> yes. right now. He's 27 years old, and uh, it looks like he's got a lot of uh, tough fights ahead of him. But I think if he progresses, you know, one thing that that's undeniable or unquestionable is is his heart. Okay. You know, when he got dropped against Vladimir Klitschko, got up and was able to stop Vladimir Klitschko, that to me solidified him as a great champion. I don't know if he'll be an all-time great heavyweight, but we'll he see. is a great fighter. Thank you guys so much. For coming in. We appreciate everything you do for us. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.